Hello my friends, I'm Michelle, a life designer coach, nutritional therapist, leader in run fitness and the host of the Inside Out podcast. Bringing wisdom and experiences from inspirational people and from within my own life journey, supporting you around the globe to elevate your health and well-being and achieve the life you want to achieve. This week I am just sharing my secrets with you. Yes, you heard it. I'm sharing my secrets with you. As we are heading into the new year, a few groups I know have already signed up for, or maybe a few of you might be inspired after hearing this to sign up for a marathon or some sort of event. And this week, I'm sharing with you my secrets that have supported me in training and surviving a marathon. Now I can tell you anyone can achieve a marathon. And yes, I can hear some of you are laughing at this, but it is true. For anything you want to physically achieve, the key is to remember that 20%, only 20% is based on your body and level of fitness. And 80% is based on mental belief. Depending on your level of starting point, your timeline may vary could be a year's worth of training or if you're up more of the elite athlete athlete bracket it could just be your typical four months and one thing that is absolutely 100 percent true to me is that many people believe you have to run the whole distance yet there is nothing wrong with a run walk approach ultimately at the end of the day it's about achieving the challenge safe and in one piece and particularly I've seen many many people that are over the line they've given it their all on that day and then they have suffered so depending on whether or not your goal is to achieve a marathon just by completing the distance or within a particular time the one and only thing I can truly truly share with you is always remember about achieving it in one safe whole and complete piece because at the end of the day there is only you and you are unique and you're special and you're here to serve your purpose so let's break it down Because really, where do you start when you think about you want to do a marathon? This tends to be the very, very big question. And to be honest, where do you start? There is so much to consider. I'm just going to share with you some basic fundamentals that I've used that seem to work. But as always, with all my podcasts that I've been sharing with you, you need to consider yourself holistically and what is achievable for you. For me to achieve running a marathon, what I'm about to share, because I'm a full-time working mum, I made the sacrifice of getting up early before my children were out of bed to get back in time for the school preparation, breakfast and school run, then to work just to achieve my goal. So here we go. Secret number one. Let's start with the physical element. Let's get this big elephant out of the ring. 
you cannot. Or I suppose you could, but I wouldn't recommend that you rock up on the day and run 26.2 miles. Okay, I'd probably advise building a training foundation, but ensure that it works for you. So we don't have to apply this principle, okay, just to run a marathon, but when undertaking anything, if the training plan and your session does not fit in with your lifestyles, then you're going to be on the back foot from the start with motivation and desire to get out of bed to do those activities that will support you in achieving the goal. So before you even consider the next few tidbits, take a moment to reflect and write down where are you now? What type of lifestyle do you have? Where do you have the opportunities to actually to undertake some of the training sessions? What might you have to tweak? What boundaries or negotiations will you have to make with your family? You need to work out what's going to work with your current lifestyle, whether or not you're a morning, lunch or evening person. But more importantly, what excites you? That, above anything else, is your starting point. So let's just summarise that again. Before we even consider the types of training sessions, reflect on where where you are now, what is going to work with your current lifestyle, whether or not you're a morning, lunch or evening person and what excites you. And that will give you the motivation to achieve anything you want to achieve. So fundamentally, whether or not you're starting with a run or a walk run, sessions should preferably include at least one session that is kind of like a rep session, which is very much working on the training principles. So what does that mean? It includes a number of reps where you're working at higher intensity with a short recovery. And just to give you an example of this, it simply could be finding a little hill near you that you run really fast up that hill and you jog back down the same hill as a recovery. And then you go again. And we could start building up reps. You could say you could start with four of those reps. And then you could increase to eight, ten, you know, whatever the time time limit is that has on you. The second training, fundamentally run session, should include a continuous run for a time period or a distance period that is not too slow, but not too fast that you cannot sustain. So again, I'm going to share an example of this. It could be a six mile route. First mile being gentle warm up, plodding along. Let's just get those muscles working. Four miles running our race pace. Okay, that's quite fast, quite intensity. You shouldn't be able to speak. You're really focused on running at pace. And then your last mile could just be your cool down to recover. So let's just recap. You have one session that's kind of like a rep session. Another session that's continuous run for a distance timed period. Okay, that is a, a, a faster pace. And your third and final session within a re- week should be a long run. 
I'd advise this is usually done on a weekend if you're working. And that long run is where the mileage is built up over time between the start of your training plan and the day of the event. So remember for a marathon, you will never in training run the full 26.2 miles. So you will be working up to your longest run being around 22 miles. So when I say this mileage is built up over time, depending on your starting point and your base level, it could be that your starting point, your first long run is around nine miles. Okay? It could then increase by another couple of miles and so on and so forth. Halfway through that training week, what I would do is I would drop down back to some lower level mileage so that you're not impacting your body continually. And then we build back straight up again to reach the 22 miles. And when we talk about a long, slow run, it's a gentle pace where you can hold a conversation throughout. It's fun. And when we talk about progressive plans, there are many available on the internet to show you how much mileage a long run should be and how it's increased over the weeks. I've just shared some thoughts with you. So these are the suggested run sessions, okay? But to support muscle development and the soreness, a recovery run the day after long run would be ideal, but not necessarily. It could be a swim, just something to just allow your body to recover, to continue moving and not seizing up. So the long and short of it, the physical element, in summary, we're looking at three to four runs per week. Ask yourself, is that achievable? Let's summarise. Three to four sessions, your basic three. One sort of hit training principle running session. Another session that's more like a tempo run. And your third and final session should be a long run. You know, just a chatty one, taking in the views. I did find that by joining a run group, it really helped being with like-minded people having accountability partners to motivate me because we would arrange to meet for the long run. And I found that just being part of the group, I would be more into doing the sessions and I never really found it too hard because it was enjoyable. Was there available to you? So what are the benefits of building the foundation? Okay, that's your first fundamental concept, building the foundation. So what are the benefits? You build your aerobic efficiency. You improve your muscle durability. You improve the ability to burn fat. And you improve your mental state. Whether or not you are starting with a run-walk concept, it does not matter. Progress is to be made slowly and progressively over the weeks so that your body has time to adapt. So secret number one, start building your foundation, the physical element. What's secret number two? Secret number two includes strength training and flexibility. Remember, when we talk about strength training, it includes any forms of resistance training, not just weights. It could be using resistance bands, strength training. Overall, regardless whether or not you are running a marathon, has a number of benefits. It helps 
support in weight management as your muscles learn to burn fat, improve your balance, helps with injury prevention by strengthening muscles and joints, ensuring your body is in balance. Strengthened muscles can help increase your speed through making your movements more powerful and improving coordination. And overall, your muscles work more efficiently so you can run for longer. Equally, you'll find that with strength training, your muscles will not fatigue as quickly so you can go for longer. So if you are starting out, then remember, start with few reps and build up and increase the resistance and go back to a few reps. Conversely, as we're strengthening muscles, it's equally important to ensure that our body is flexible. When we talk about flexible, our focus is around those areas that are part of the motion for movement. So let's think about this realistically. Your hips are key with striding forward and therefore having tight hip flexors is going to reduce your strength length, stride length and hence the speed. So as I've always talked about, when we think about our body, we should think about as a whole. If we have good posture and strong core that is aligned, then we will reduce in imbalance and injury. Therefore, targeting tight muscles maintain flow. So having a strong core would support your body overall as those muscles will be able to withstand the impact and the force that is experienced from the running activities. Finally, flexibility helps support a decrease in muscle soreness that overall we're onto a winner. So let's just reflect and summarise. Secret number two includes strength training and flexibility. And strength training can be any form of resistance training, not just using weights. It could be body weight or resistance bands. Strength training helps improve and balance your body. And that by doing the flexibility, particularly focusing on those mobile areas, it helps just to maintain the core and the fluidity for when you're running. So what's my secret number three? Oh, I love this one. It's the importance of recovering sleep. Yes, recovery and sleep. So when it comes to any everyday activity, sleep is an important factor. Yet when training sleep is, is critical for performance and recovery. So let me just repeat that again. Sleep is an important factor, but when you're training, it is critical for performance and recovery. So during workout sessions, our muscles break down and sleep allows those muscles to repair, enabling you to bounce back stronger and faster. Equally, sleep deprivation affects our immune system. We have an increased risk of illness impacting training plans overall. And it has been shown that sleep deprivation contributes to a risk of injury. Therefore, again, I stress to you, listen to what your body is telling you. If you're tired, think about missing a session and going to bed early. Or swap a session that's more relaxing focused, maybe a walk, yoga. It's paramount you have a good time bed routine. Because not only does your body benefit, but 
sleep cleanses and repairs your mind, body and soul. Your cognitive ability will improve. Your focus will improve with better sleep and recovery. So we're halfway through. Let me just summarise. My secrets. Start with the physical element. Build up a training foundation. Sure you have roughly three runs per week? Secret number two. Make sure that your body is balanced by doing strength training and flexibility. Work on that core. Your body's going to sustain a lot of impact through running. Secret number three. Do not skip this out. You need to recover. Sleep helps your, um, your muscles to repair, enabling you to bounce back and be stronger and faster. So make sure that is a priority for you. So what's my number secret for? Food, glorious food. There is absolutely no argument. The food we eat fuels our body. Yes, we have to consider the nutrition plan of the week running up to the event. Yet, what about the nutrition whilst training and during the event? Now, I know from the experience, the amount of knowledge articles in this subject around food and fueling is phenomenal. And if I'm honest with you, it could take you a year in itself to read the research and work out what works for you. So here I'm just going to try and summarise for you a few considerations. First and foremost, all your meals need to be balanced and varied in all the major food groups. Next up, remember when you're training, despite what type of session you are undergoing, your muscles will break down and then repair and recover. So in order for your muscles to repair, you need to have protein. Now, I'm an avid fan of ensuring that protein is included in some form for breakfast, lunch and dinner. And protein comes in many forms. It is not just eating meat or fish. You've got Greek yogurt, beans, tofu, meat, fish. The list is endless. The information is endless on the bad protein. So making sure that throughout training we are focusing on ensuring we've got all the food groups and that we are adding more protein so i hear it come on guys i hear it you're now going to say to me what is the big question of using protein shakes and this is an episode in itself yes i do use protein shapes but they're very specific to my needs when you look at protein shakes, you've got whey protein, you've got vegan protein, you've got loads of different protein. Okay, I find whey protein shakes are too hard for my system to digest. Other people find it quite easily to use. So mine protein is very much a vegan base of pea, rice and cranberry. I'm equally very conscious that many brands will add to looking for sweeteners. Um, in order to enhance the flavours. So I'm very conscious to look at brands that are balanced. And finally, I have two types of protein shakes. I have one that is very specifically high in protein. And all I do is I use it as a top up to my normal food. 
I never ever use my protein shake as a substitute to normal food. And then I have a different protein that is a protein and carbohydrate blend, which is specifically to be used after my long runs on a weekend, okay, or after a, 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 um, a major running event. And the reason being is that whilst you are running, you will be breaking down your muscles, which obviously you need the protein for repair, but you will also be using your carbohydrates um, store stores in order to complete and, and use as energy for the running event and that is why I have a protein and carbohydrate blend but again I say this is top up to the normal meals so what is the final consideration when we talk about food and that is what do you use to fuel during the event Quite simply, there's two schools of thoughts here. You can use gels or you can use normal food. But I'm not going to share any more with you for there because next we are delving this into much more detail. But remember that everyone is unique and these are just concepts. June training is key you find out what is right for you and your body. When I first did my very first marathon, I kept a training diary to remember what the session was, what I ate on that day, how I felt that day and the day after. And that way I could start working out whether or not I was eating the right foods and enough of the right foods to maintain my energy levels and to recover and to come back very quickly. So what's my secret number five? We've talked about food overall. This, this secret number five is the meal plan in the week of the event. And again, there is lots of information, lots of advice on what you should and shouldn't do. Most events take place on Sunday, which am I the only person in the world that believes this to be one of the most inconvenient days to run a marathon or an event? Simply, in my logical mind you are giving it all on your day you've worked so hard to achieve this goal so your body is going to be impacted at a high intensity and you need time to recover so why not do it on a Saturday and then we all have Sunday to recover before a Monday I'm just putting it out there sorry that is digressing a bit on another Another debatable argument. So, it is a common thought process that you need to start carb loading the week before and have a huge bowl of pasta the night before an event. And again, like I've said throughout this podcast, to you all, you need to work out what is right for you. And this means trying and seeing during your training weeks. Now, I know for me and for my husband, all of my meals will have some form of carbohydrate and protein in. They're varied and they're balanced. Therefore, when I'm coming up to an event, my focus tends to be from the Wednesday to the day of the event. Wednesday and Thursday will be balanced with a balanced amount of carbohydrates, but very much focused in quality protein. (laughs) 
equally by the Friday, I know that I can't have pasta the day before the event. I'm doubled up in pain. I just feel very sluggish. Therefore, my pasta tends to be on the Friday and it comes with high protein. One of our go-to is um, Thai salmon dish, which I serve up with pasta. Then on the Saturday, I'm very much a high protein meal with carbohydrates, vegetables, nutrition. And then on the day of the event, I'll have my race breakfast and my post meal usually in the evening will be wholesome, full of protein, carbs and vegetables and celebrations. Now, the reason why I've said that my post meal is usually in the evening is because I find that when I've run an event, after finishing that event, the first thing my stomach can take is my protein and carb shake, a cup of tea and an ice cream. Because the thought of eating anything else within that first few hours just is painful for me. And therefore, we have the protein for the repair with the carbohydrates, a cup of tea and ice cream just because I like ice cream. And then I properly refuel hours a few hours later, but not copious amounts of hours later because I do know that you need to refuel. Now, if you wish to go into further detail that is specific to you, please, as always, do message me, do reach out to me. So secret number six, you really got to have some sort of consideration to gear. Whether or not you're a beginner or professional athlete, first and foremost, ensure you have the right type of shoes for you and for the event that you're undertaking. Unless, and I only say, unless you're going to do the barefoot running. Now, research is saying that if you do barefoot running, you have less injury. I would love to be able to do this. I'm just too scared. I feel like I'm too old to start. But barefoot running has its benefits so let's go back to thinking about shoes there are many brands out there and you can spend a phenomenal amount of money so when i did start my running journey i did go for a run analysis within a shoe shop which helped me to start knowing the type of foot i had and and what different types of shoes and appropriate shoes i should try there are different brands try them on see I know for a fact, I started off with Aces, a well-known brand. I now have Sacconi. I've also tried Brooks, so it, it varies. So never be afraid to try. I also find that I have a cost consideration. I've never bought the top of the range latest release of running shoes, simply because the investment will probably last around nine months but that is just me me being realistic with what's affordable for me knowing that I do love running so I'll need to replace them what's you know within my lifestyle and my other commitments so I know my brand I set a realistic budget and it has worked for me so first and foremost, when we're considering gear, remember the right type of shoes. Think about what's available to you, seek some advice, and think about your, your budget. 
The next real consideration from my experience is whether you are running with or without a water pack. For me, I drink copious amounts of water. I train with water, I run events with water and other hydration support. And I feel it works for me. However, my husband will not run with water um, and just carries on. So during training, work out what is best for you. I can't even do a mile without having some form of water, but that is just me and my body. So my final thought goes back to my first statement, which is where you can achieve anything you want to do because only 20% is body related and 80% is mental stamina. You will find that during your training, your mental stamina will increase naturally, focusing on that goal. Yet, you and I and lots of other athletes will experience days when we have really good runs and other times they are bad runs. Take time to reflect, breathe and become grounded. What have you learned from that day? Take a look at where you started in your running journey and just make note occasionally of how far you come. Celebrate your successes. You're amazing. Equally to help with the mental stamina, really hone in on seeing yourself in your mind's eye achieving that event. Experience the feelings that you, you will have and the joy and make it a habit to focus on this each day. Because that supports you making feel that this goal is completely achievable and within your destiny. So let's just summarise. Training a marathon for a marathon is quite an intense beast. And I think the most important thing is, is that everybody is unique and individual. Everybody can achieve to run on a marathon, but you have to work out what is best for you. Look at your physical elements. Start with building a training foundation, ensuring it works for you. That's secret number one. Include secret number two, which is some strength and training flexibility. And that's regardless of whether or not you're running a marathon. Overall, it is beneficial to you and your body. Remember the importance of recovery and sleep and listen to your body. What is it telling you? Secret number four is all about food. Food fuels our body. Make sure it's balanced, has the right food groups. Work out what works for you on the run-up to the event. During your training, keep a diary. Secret number five is all about meal planning for the event. And secret number six is make sure you have the right gear, right footwear. Have a look and consider whether or not you want to run with a water pack or not. And finally, work on that mental stamina by really, really focusing on you achieving that goal. So my friends, that is it for this episode of Inside Out. I hope you enjoyed me sharing my secrets with you on marathon training. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe to the show, share with others and follow us on social media. 
And as always, thank you for listening. And remember, elevate your health, elevate your well-being to achieve the life you want to lead.